Welcome to the Tech Talks podcast, helping you turn adversity into victory. Whether you're an entrepreneur, corporate professional, or stay-at-home parent, the Tech Talks podcast provides relevant advice and inspiration as you navigate your career, calling, and daily life. Let's get started with your host, Matt Tech. Somebody asked me like why I do these live videos. And the reason I do them is I just want to be honest and transparent about the transformation that's taking place in my heart. Because while Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, his grace is unchanging. But we as human beings are constantly changing. So one, just to share the journey. I feel like God told me to share the journey. And if somebody can relate, awesome. Two, it's kind of an accountability thing. Lately, some of the things that I've been saying have ruffled some feathers with regard to making it a point to like pray for pray for traffickers, you know, those those who are hurting people. And that was met with a lot of resistance that that we should be praying for the victims and not the people doing the crime. And they should just be like thrown in the wood chipper or something. I believe that God's grace is sufficient for everybody, regardless of the crime that you've committed. If Jesus was standing right in front of you, would Jesus tell you to throw the trafficker into the wood chipper? I'm using that because apparently that's become like a big meme now, you know, burying pedophiles and throwing them in wood chippers. That's not something Jesus would do. Jesus would try to redeem them and he would pray for them and he would redeem and transform their hearts. So I'm sharing this with you. This subject is particularly difficult and I have wrestled with this for a very, very long time. And I'm sure somebody watching has wrestled with it as well. So I'm just gonna share what I'm learning. You may agree, you may disagree. A lot of the folks, especially my Christian friends, are probably going to disagree. And that's okay. But I do feel like we need to be updating our spirit, updating our thinking as we go through life and make our minds subject to the Word of God instead of the Word of God fitting it into our thinking. So because of that, because God's Word is perfect cover to cover, my changing has to think to align with His Word, even if I don't agree with it. So. One thing I wanted to point out today is the topic of something that I read called cultural Christianity. And cultural Christianity is usually when structures and institutions of Christianity are built, but with, without a parallel commitment to Jesus. 
and we see this all over the place. There, there are politicians that do it the best, right? Call themselves a Christians or they're culturally Christian, but they're not like disciples of Jesus. There's even pastors and leaders of the church that are cultural Christians. And what happens is during these speeches and sermons, they they sprinkle in a pinch of Jesus, kind of like a pinch of salt into your recipe. We sprinkle in a pinch of Jesus into our thinking, our speeches or our sermons, usually just to fulfill the goal or the agenda. And cultural Christianity has used Jesus to promote their own causes, including nationalism, which we're seeing in in high amounts during this during this election season. And what this ends up doing is it perpetuates the creation of cultural Christians instead of actual disciples for Jesus. Now let's talk about politics for a second. Politically, what this means is that our theology is actually held captive by our politics rather than our politics being informed or even transformed by our theology, by God's word. And that's why I said in the beginning that God's word is unchanging and perfect. Our minds, we consistently have to update our thinking to match God's word instead of instead of molding God's word to fit our thinking. The oldest sin in humanity, if you go back all the way to the Garden of Eden, has been trying to conform God to our image, right? What was that first sin that if you eat of of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you would have the knowledge of God. It's us trying to become more like God. It's us trying to put God in our image. And that's kind of the oldest sin in humanity. But if we're never convicted, if we're never offended, if we're never disrupted, or if we're never stirred by the Holy Spirit when reading scripture, it's quite possible that we've reached the point where we've conformed Jesus into our thinking and our image. In fact, I want to grab this book real quick and read a section, but the book is called Thou Shalt Not Be a Jerk by Eugene Cho. This specific part that I underline kind of kind of highlights this cultural Christianity thing. He says, what are the dangers and implications of cultural Christianity? Imagine a Christianity that conforms to a culture in all of its shifts and changes and no longer adheres to the scandalous radical love, grace, teachings, and life of Jesus Christ. Imagine an institutional Christianity that's obsessed with power, influence, and platform without a commitment to the countercultural commitment of Jesus Christ, a commitment to empire rather than the kingdom of God. That is the danger of cultural Christianity. It becomes more about us than about other people. Now, here's, here's something that I've heard most of my life. And even so, since I've been saved, I got saved in 2009. So it's been some time. Uh, hopefully I've matured since then, but most of my life, here's what I've heard. And many of you would agree with this. What I've heard is that real Christians vote Republican, right? Real Christians vote Republican. And that's the end of the story. And that has become highly politicized as well, because we're told that if we're evangelicals, we're supposed to vote Republican end of story, regardless of what's going on. We as Christians have to understand that if we are trying to be disciples of Jesus and not part of this cultural Christianity problem, that neither party fully encompasses the teachings of Christ. Politics over time, over, especially over the last like decade or two has become pure idolatry. And Mainstream media doesn't exactly do a great job helping us think independently. 
they're trying to tell us what to think. So it really depends on what on what news station you subscribe to, how you were raised. Here's what this isn't. This is not telling you who to vote for. This is not telling you to vote this side, that side. That is not what this is. But most of my adult life, I've heard that real Christians vote Republican. And I'm gonna challenge you on that because there is neither party that fully encompasses the grace, the radical love and the teachings of Jesus. Neither one. One might dress up to be like it does, but it does not. Because Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died for the left, the right, and he died for everybody in between. Everybody. There is nobody, no political party has a monopoly on the kingdom of God. Here's why we hear real Christians vote Republican is because of the pro-life and pro-choice. This is where it's going to get a little hairy for somebody listening because there are a lot of people that think that pro-life should just be outlawed, illegal. And I've even seen some of you calling people who have had abortion murderers and, and, and all that stuff. Now, before we begin, biblically, abortion is wrong. It's a sin, okay? Personally, it is a deeply confusing, com complex, full of nuances decision, and it's an ethical one made by that person. If a person has had an abortion, or if that's you, just know that I'm not going to be the one calling you names, and I apologize for other Christians who have. I want to come alongside you because while I believe that it's a sin, I also believe that there is no sin that Jesus didn't die for. So let's move into this, and I'm going to ask God to to Lord, give me grace as we move into this to this particular subject and that the people that hear this, hear it with an open mind to hear from the word. So my thought process on pro-life is, is, is this is the most difficult and heartbreaking issue in our world today. Unfortunately, it's become the litmus test for the vote of many Christians. It's become the line in the sand for a lot of Christians. Now listen, in studying scripture, I'm learning that a pro-life Christian cannot be as simple as being against abortion. I am against abortion, but it has to go further than that. We have to be about life from womb to tomb. If we call ourselves pro-life, then how are we pro-life for children? Okay, how are we pro-life for immigrants, for disabled people? How are we pro-life for those groups that usually find themselves on the losing end of the criminal justice system? How are we pro-life for the elderly? The division of this particular topic has has widened. Now, progressives are, are partly to blame for this. Democrats are partly to blame for this because what tends to happen, and in this particular instance, Democrats have done it to this one, but Republicans have used this same template for other issues. Whatever one side has as a viewpoint, the other side just tries to go as far away as it can to just make the other side mad. Because progressives and Democrats went from wanting abortion to be safe, affordable, and rare to just last year, the shout your abortion movement, which was completely unethical and dare I say evil. So the progressives have pushed that to the extreme of this particular issue. The reason that they started this movement was to, was to demonstrate how common it is. One in four women have had, have had an abortion, but also to kind of destigmatize the procedure. At the same time, while they say shout your abortion, 
there are some deeply disturbing aspects about abortion that that this particular campaign tends to gloss over. But I also have to recognize, and this is where I'm going to lose some of you. I also recognize that if we were to just completely outlaw abortion, more questions are going to have to be answered about legislating and enforcing it. Could you imagine prosecuting a single poor woman for having an abortion, potentially jailing her and separating her from her family? So when Christians cry out pro-life, as a statement, that's true, but what's the policy behind it? Is the policy to just outlaw it, ban it, make it illegal? Because if you do, there, there are again some questions that need to be answered as far as human rights go. Do you make it an illegal offense? Should legislation itself ban the procedure or should it be a deeply personal, ethical choice? And again, this is where I'm going to lose some of you guys. But can Christians, can we change the narrative to be neither for nor against abortion? And instead, could we just be passionate about consistently valuing life, including that of the unborn or the preborn? Again, when you look at criminalizing something and just outlawing it, there are these added layers that need to be answered. As we vote our conviction, we need to make sure that we're not just voting pro-life versus pro-choice. If that's the way that you vote, that's fine. But we also need to go deeper into this because Here's the thing, abortion usually grounds many believers to the Republican party. You know that I would say Christians shouldn't identify with a particular political party because neither party represents Jesus, neither one. Neither one has a monopoly on the kingdom of God. But here's also some facts about the Republican side of this. Republicans have had 20 years in Congress. Republicans have had a 20 year control of the Senate. We've had years and years of conservative-leaning Supreme Court justices, and we've had ample Republican presidencies since Roe versus Wade, and abortion has not been overturned. Why do we think that is, Christians? It's because it is much more complex than just outlawing it or making it legal. Now, it has been politically hijacked, okay? And progressives have pushed it to the opposite end of the spectrum. While progressives used to lean towards they want it to be safe, affordable, and rare, and now have just pushed it basically until the moment of birth, I think that's sickening. And I think it's disgusting. And I think it's deeply disturbing about our human condition, that the fact that specific stage of pregnancy can be terminated because it is obviously a person. And that's, that's my stance on it. And I think that you'll even find that there are a lot of pro-choice Democrats that will even tell you that late-term abortion in their eyes is wrong and disgusting. You just gotta actually look and find those people. I personally, although they wanna label it safe, affordable, and rare, I can never get behind abortion as being safe. The reason that I can't get behind abortion as being safe is because I view it as taking a human life because I believe that we were all knit together in our mother's womb, that the very hairs on our head were numbered, and that Christ died for all, and that God has plans for everybody that's ever been created, including preborn children. To go back to the safe, affordable, and rare, what, what more can we do as Christians getting involved in politics to make abortion rare? We might not be able to end this thing outright, and I think that that's been shown with a 20-year control of the Republicans in Congress, 20-year control of the Senate, plenty of Republican presidencies since Roe versus Wade, I think we've shown that we're not gonna be able to end it outright. But how do we save as many babies as we can? Over half of abortions are among women in poverty, so abortion has ended up becoming 
a procedure of economic desperation. Not all, but most, all right? There, there obviously are some instances where it's just complete selfishness. But if you look at the numbers, it is a tool of economic desperation. When we're voting, do our politics support helping those that are in poverty, eliminating the need for abortion? I believe that all people are created in the image of God. All people left, right, in between. All people. Now this includes American people, and it includes Syrian people. It includes Christians and Muslims. It includes LGBTQ community. Pro-life should also be about the fact that your heart should break that LGBTQ youth are three to six times more likely to attempt suicide. If that doesn't break your heart as a Christian, are you really pro-life? Because if, if we're pro-life, we have to be pro-all life. As Christians, we need to be vocal and we need to be clear about the sanctity of life. But we also have to acknowledge the nuances and complexities. Because look, I'm a guy. I cannot and do not have the capacity and will never shame any woman for a decision that I cannot even fathom. And I don't support criminalizing them for making that decision. That again is probably where some folks are going to disagree with me, but I can't pretend to know what is going on in that room in that woman's head or before or after or since then, because there are so many psychological ramifications. And I also don't believe in making a criminal out of a woman who has had one. Because again, if we're pro-life, we need to be pro-all life. Now I'm talking to the Christians here and I'm talking to Christians who like myself have usually stuck to pro-life equals this, real Christians equal this, right? Pro-life cannot just be anti-abortion. And this is where my thinking got challenged and my thinking has to be molded to God's word instead of God's word molded to my thinking. But we have to reduce the demand and engage policies that reduce demand and the perceived necessity of an abortion. We need to come alongside poor and low income women, which, which is approximately 75% of women who have abortion. We need to come alongside them. Many are going to disagree with this too, especially my Catholic friends, but we have to provide access to birth control. We have to support people who foster and adopt. If you know people who foster and adopt, support them directly. We need to pray for the power and presence of the gospel and for hearts to be transformed. We have to love people and stop shaming. Look, if you're one of my Christian friends and you are sharing posts about how women who have had abortion are murderers, I'm probably gonna call you out because that is not demonstrating the love of Christ and it's not showing compassion to somebody who has made a decision that you couldn't even fathom. We have to support both the equality of women and the dignity of the unborn. And that can feel like a really lonely place. Let me tell you recently, as I've shared th these thoughts with others, that can be a very, very lonely place to be in our deeply politically divisive world, especially if your circle consists of mostly cultural Christians, like we talked about earlier, and few disciples. Again, cultural Christianity has kind of become the problem where we form theology around our politics instead of our politics being formed and remade by our theology and by the gospel. If anybody is listening to this that is not a Christian, please know that not all of us are buttholes. <laughs> that I have to share that biblically, I believe it is wrong and it is a sin, but there's no sin that Jesus didn't die for. But I also recognize that personally, it is a very complex ethical choice. And it's not a choice that I can grasp. It's not a choice that I can understand. 
So if you've been attacked by a Christian and you're listening and you've had an abortion or you're feeling that other people have looked at you differently because of that, especially us Christians, I want to apologize on behalf of Christians that we're not doing it right. And I want to apologize, especially on behalf of cultural Christians who go along with the motions instead of those of us who are trying to be disciples for Jesus. I commit that if you have had one and you want prayer and you want somebody to talk to, you know, obviously find a female Christian that shares the same viewpoint that I do about being a disciple and won't shame you and talk to that person. But if you just need some prayer, you can message me and I'll, and I'll pray for you. And I understand that my Christian friends that mainly fall into the cultural Christianity part of this, all Christians vote Republican, pro-life or bust type of thing, because I'm trying to understand why Christians would vote either way, why Christians would vote Republican or Democrat. And I think it's because we've pigeonholed this thing into pro-life or bust when there's so many complexities within it that are we truly pro-life? Are we pro-all life? Are we fighting for the dignity of all women and preborn children? Or are we going along with the motions? And what would really happen if, if we were to criminalize abortion? What would be your policy procedure for that? How would you legislate? These are things that we have to think about. Again, this isn't telling you who to vote for. This isn't telling you what party to vote for. Because as Christians, I believe we have to vote the convictions that God places on our hearts the most. And for some of us, it's different. Some of us don't have the pro-life, pro-choice conviction deep on our hearts. Some of us might have immigration on our hearts. Some of us might have trafficking on our hearts. Some of us might have health care. Whatever your conviction is, vote deep on that conviction because there is no one political party that is going to be able to fully encompass your worldview if your worldview is lined up with the word of God and not the word of God lined up with your potential worldview. Because our thoughts consistently have to be malleable and changeable to conform to scripture. I share this with you because I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm trying to be transparent with this in hopes that some other folks might step out and also become transparent because I really want to be a disciple for Jesus and I don't want to be a cultural Christian that checks a box on his voting card that says Christian. I want to be known for what I'm for instead of for what I'm against and I want to be known for loving people. I love you guys and let's go make more more disciples for Jesus.
This episode of Tech Talks has ended, but be sure to subscribe for upcoming inspiration. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you transformative content. See you next time.